We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. The RNC chairperson, Ronna McDaniel, announces a new coalition, the RNC Pride Coalition, a partnership between the Republican National Committee and Log Cabin Republicans. And the event was held at Mar-a-Lago with President Trump and First Lady Melania hosting it. Is this a good thing? I'll answer this and more on today's Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. The topic for today's show comes from Todd Starnes, the Todd Starnes Radio Show. If you remember, Todd Starnes was a frequent commentator for Fox News. He was their conservative Christian go-to guy. He's a very good man. I actually had Todd come and speak at Oklahoma Wesleyan University for an event once. And I gave him the honorarium that I could afford within our budget, which probably wasn't as much, excuse me, as much as he normally would demand for an honorarium. And you know what he did? He turned around and gave a, ma a major portion of it back to the university in the form of a gift. That's a class act. Todd Starnes is a good man, and he broke a story recently that I think is very important for us to cover tonight. It's this new announcement from Ronna McDaniel about the RNC, the Republican National Committee Pride Coalition, a partnership, as I said in the intro, between the Republican National Committee and the Log Cabin Republicans. And you should know this. If you don't, the Log Cabin Republicans is a group that was formed, oh, decades ago, of homosexual Republicans. They call themselves the Log Cabin Republican Group. Now, the interesting thing was this announcement that McDaniel made was made unilaterally. She just decided to do it. She didn't get a vote from anybody. She unilaterally decided that she was going to establish this coalition. And it was announced at Mar-a-Lago with President Trump and First Lady Melania hosting the event and greeting all of those in attendance. Now, that's the story for today. I'm going to go through the story in detail, and I'm going to answer the question, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? And I'll give you my view as to why. Now, remember, if you would like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. -E 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 One more time. That's patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. -E -E also remember, you can purchase my books at any online bookstore. My most recent one is Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. And the bestseller that preceded that was Not a Daycare, the Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. You might consider purchasing a few copies of those books as gifts to give away during the Christmas season. 
Again, grow up, life isn't safe, but it's good. And the one that preceded that, my national bestseller, is not a daycare, the devastating consequences of abandoning truth. Let's take a break, and when I get back, I'll cover this story about the new RNC Pride Coalition. Is it good? Is it bad? And why? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Okay, here's the headline, as Todd Starnes reports it. Urgent meeting, RNC chair to face angry conservatives today, November 15th, 2021. Okay, this is the way it's actually written up in this particular report. The Republican National Committee has scheduled an urgent meeting today, November 15th, amid a firestorm of outrage among grassroots conservatives over RNC chairperson Ronna McDaniel. And this has uh, been reported to Todd Starnes at the Todd Starnes radio show. Now, why was everybody mad? Well, they were mad because the RNC announced that it's going to create this new coalition, the RNC Pride Coalition, which, as I said, is a partnership between the Republican National Committee and Log Cabin Republicans. Now, the key that I want you to remember here is that this was hosted by President Trump and Melania Trump down at Mar-a-Lago. Now, I want you to pull, you know, I want you to pull up your britches here. I want you to put on your big boy pants because we're going to have a tough conversation. Some of you, I can guarantee, are going to get nervous with what I'm going to say in the next few minutes. You know why? Because I'm going to be critical of Donald Trump. Now, I've said a hundred times over on this show, thank the man when he's right, but criticize him when he's wrong. I've also told you over and over again, so before you turn off the radio, if you're listening live on KOKL Radio right now, listen to me. Be patient. Listen to what I'm going to say next. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, don't just turn it off and move on because, well, he's a never-Trumper. No, I'm not. I've told you that I believe in covenantal government, not hierarchical government. I've told you over and over again that I don't believe in America that we vote for a king. I don't care what the king's name is. The king, in a sense, is not the most important thing. The Constitution is the most important thing. The covenant is the most important thing. We don't elevate people hierarchically in the United States to have power over us. That's not the way it works. That's the problem that the Democrats have. They believe in hierarchical government. They believe that personalities and power matter. Conservatives should understand that our highest goal, our first thing, our top priority, our summum bonum, should be maintaining, preserving, defending, explaining, educating everybody about the importance of the Constitution. And I am grateful that Donald Trump actually stood and defended the Constitution when he was president of the United States. Now, the problem I have with a lot of people, I'm not saying that all of you listening, or maybe not even any of you listening right now, are in this category, but I do know a lot of people out there who are Trumpers, for lack of a better word, who are blindly, blindly loyal and they won't admit that the guy has ever done anything wrong. That's a mistake. That's idolatry. That is 
worshiping the hierarchy and just celebrating the fact that your guy is at the top of the hierarchy now versus their guy. That's not conservatism. That's not constitutional. That's not what it means to be somebody who believes in liberty and freedom, somebody who is grounded in the principles and ideas of our founding fathers. Do you get my point here? I voted for Trump twice. The first time I kind of held my nose because I thought it's the best I can do. Hillary is just too evil for me to ever even think of voting for her or her party. Everything she stands for and everything her party has become is off the rails. Can't vote for her. I didn't vote for a third party candidate because I believe that was throwing away my vote. There was no chance of the third party candidate prevailing. So I voted for Donald Trump thinking that the platform of the Republican Party, the platform that the RNC, the Republican National Committee, stands for, at least says it stands for, is more important than the person, Donald Trump. Therefore, I'm going to vote for the covenant, not the king. So I voted for Donald Trump as president the first time around. Now, the second time around, I was actually pleasantly surprised that he had defended my liberty and my freedom as much as he did. I was grateful that he governed the United States by the Constitution rather than edicts. I was oh so thankful that he did what I asked him to do when I had the privilege of meeting with him once, and that was, Mr. Trump, should you become president of the United States, please just leave me alone. Let me be. Stop meddling in the business of the church and in the business of my personal Christianity. And by and large, Donald Trump honored that. He stayed out of my hair, and I'm grateful. So I've given you my defense of why I voted for Trump once and why I voted for him a second time. I've also told you why I'm very disappointed that he didn't win the third time, because the mess that we're in right now would be... We wouldn't have this mess. There's no question. Economically, socially, uh, constitutionally, we wouldn't have this mess if Donald Trump were president and Joe Biden weren't. All that said, on this issue, this issue of the RNC Pride Coalition and Donald Trump hosting the event at Mar-a-Lago to announce it, he's dead wrong. This is not a good thing. Why do I say that? Well, some of you listening are going to say, oh, Piper's going on his LGBTQIA thing again. He's going to get all negative about homosexuals again and trans people again. I'm going to be negative about the behavior. I will not concede any territory, any ground, not one inch. I will not give up one inch of territory for this false claim that your identity is nothing but the sum total of your sexual inclinations. You should have been able to complete that sentence before I did, because I've said that over and over again on this show. If we give up the definition of human identity, if we allow society to decide what a human being is, to define what a man is, to define what a woman is, to define what a boy is, to define what a girl is, and ignore the facts before our very eyes. 
If we become science deniers and deny the female while we claim to be feminists, we are schizophrenic. We are living in denial. We're living a big lie. And you cannot, here's why I think this is a terrible idea. I've talked about it before, but it's been a while since I've explained it. So I'm going to explain it again. If you concede and grant minority status, legal minority status, constitutional minority status, to a group of people on the basis of their sexual inclinations, and you say that they now have the same constitutional, legal minority status as any other minority group. You can't concede that definition and then turn around and tell that same group of people that they can't behave accordingly and that they can't expect the exact same rights and privileges and protections as every other minority group, right? How can you claim that one minority group that you've granted legally, constitutionally, that status, will enjoy a certain amount of benefits, privileges, and protections, but yet turn around and tell another minority group that they, that they don't get the same privileges and protections. It would be akin to saying that Hispanics get minority status constitutionally. It will be recognized and codified into law, but they're going to get fewer, fewer rights and privileges protected by our Constitution and by our police, by our laws, than Asians. Asians are going to get greater protection than Hispanics. And Natives are going to get less protection than Blacks. This doesn't work, people. It doesn't work. You cannot start granting people different levels of protection and privileges and rights. That would be asinine. Nobody listening to me right now would argue that certain socioeconomic groups of people should get lesser privileges and constitutional rights protected than others. Everybody's on the same plane. It's the United States. That's why we've had the March for Civil Rights, so that everybody is recognized in the law and everybody's protected by the law. So now let's go back to this issue of LGBTQIA and the log cabin Republicans. The log cabin Republicans and this new RNC Pride Coalition claims that LGBTQIA people are defined as that, that they are gay, that they are lesbian, that they are trans, that they are queer, that they are intersex intersexual. That's, I'm emphasizing the word are here for a reason, because they're claiming that that is their identity. They're not arguing that these are behaviors that they want to engage in. They're arguing that their identity is grounded in their passions, their habits, their appetites, and their proclivities, and their inclinations. And that's who they 
are. That's a problem. And the problem here is President Trump has bought that lie. And apparently the First Lady, Melania, has likewise. They hosted the event at Mar-a-Lago. Now, why do I believe that he's bought the lie? Because I can just hear it right now. Somebody listening to this show is going to say, well, just because he had it at Mar-a-Lago doesn't mean he agrees with them. Okay, I guess that's possible. But generally, when I host an event at my house to announce something, it's probably going to be something that I agree with. Otherwise, I would have said, well, don't host it at my house because I don't want anybody to believe that I'm buying this nonsense. So that's one rebuttal that I would have to you if you're saying, well, just because he had it at Mar-a-Lago doesn't mean he's fully on board. He's just trying to be open-minded. He's trying to be inclusive. He's trying to broaden the tent of the Republican Party. Well, no, I don't buy that. And I'm going to repeat for you the story of when I met with President Trump and I addressed this issue. You've heard it before, but I'm going to tell you again. And this story is going to emphasize why this is not a good thing. I was invited to Trump Tower back in the primary of his first run for office. He wasn't president yet. He was a businessman running for the presidency of the United States. I was called by Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council and asked if I would like to attend a meeting, a small meeting of 30 to 40 Catholic and evangelical thought leaders with President Trump at Trump Tower. I agreed to go. I went there. I went there suspicious because I had not yet reconciled in my mind how I could vote for a man who seemed to be the antithesis of my Christian values. I mean, he was profane on the campaign trail. You can't dispute that. He was. He owned casinos. I'm not a fan of casinos. I think they cause more harm than good. Um, There were strip clubs in his casinos. That's a fact. I'm a Christian. I don't think going to strip clubs is a good thing. I don't think objectifying women sexually is biblical. And I also didn't agree, don't agree, with Donald Trump's own telling of his sexual escapades in his books. And he does. Okay, so don't deny any of that. So I went there, suspicious. And as I've told you the story, I was pleasantly surprised. First of all, he was a great listener. He didn't do a lot of talking. He did a lot of listening. Unusual for a politician, right? Second, I noticed as he worked the crowd that he wasn't plastic. He wasn't fake. He seemed to be sincere, a real human being. That's a good thing. Now, I was one of the five people in the room assigned to ask a question. I was told that my question should be on education because I had been making a big stink about academic freedom and intellectual liberty. I had challenged the cancel culture, the snowflake rebellion. So after a couple other people asked their questions, I had the opportunity to ask mine. I looked at Mr. Trump across the table and I said, Mr. Trump, I'm the president of a small Christian college in Northeast Oklahoma. My name is Everett Piper. And my problem that I'm facing right now is this. I just received a letter from the Obama administration, more specifically, Obama's Department of Education. The letter is demanding that I immediately start providing transgender accommodations on my Christian college campus. I said, Mr. Trump, I will not do that. 
I will not comply. I'm a Christian. This is a Christian institution. We have a Christian mission. So, Mr. Trump, should you become president of the United States of America, I have one request of you. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. Stay out of my hair. Don't intrude into the mission of the church, a Christian institution, and don't compromise the convictions of a private citizen's Christianity. I was done. And I've told you the story before, and I want you to listen to this. His response was very quick, very simple. It wasn't wordy. It was just a handful of words. He leaned forward, put his elbows on the table, looked me in the eye, and he said, well, do you have a problem if they've had the surgery? And that's all he said. That's all he said. Now, that's rather bizarre, isn't it? What does that tell you? It tells you, and it tells me, that Donald Trump doesn't get it. He didn't understand the ontological or the theological issues in play. He didn't understand that I was fighting against the degradation of the very definition of what it means to be a woman, and that it is an insult to women to suggest that a man can pretend to be one. He didn't understand that if we concede the definition of minority status, as being nothing but the sum total of what your inclinations are, that your minority identity is nothing other than what you're sexually inclined to do, then we've opened up Pandora's box for innumerable minority groups, all grounded in sexual debauchery and sexual license, rather than people that understand the importance of controlling themselves and that if you want to do something, that doesn't mean that you have to do it or should do it or should be defined by that desire. He didn't understand any of that. He didn't understand the theological objections that I had. Oh, you might say, well, you don't know. You didn't have a longer enough conversation with him to come to that conclusion. Yes, I do know. I looked at him in the eyes. I understood the confusion or the vacuity of his response. Now, I'm going to say again before the end of the show, thankfully, Donald Trump did exactly what I asked him to do. He left me alone. He let the Constitution govern, govern as the Constitution is supposed to do. He didn't place himself in government over me. He did not try to govern me. He let the Constitution govern him govern the nation, and govern me. And the Constitution, by design, has a limited government. It doesn't restrain the church, and it doesn't restrain religious expression or religious belief or religious behavior. Donald Trump did what I asked him to do by instinct. I don't think he did what I asked him to do because he understood this issue of this issue of LGBTQIA, endless alphabet identity claims. And the proof of that is that he's hosting an RNC Pride event at Mar-a-Lago. Tony Perkins is absolutely right because he comes out in this article, in this article that uh, Todd Starnes is, uh, is sharing, 
And he says this, we love all people, but we don't love all ideas. Not all ideas are equal. Perkins then goes on. He says this, we've affiliated, I think when he says we, I think he's referring to the Family Research Council, or maybe he's referring to the broader cross-section of America, uh, evangelical Christians, conservative Christians, conservative evangelicals and Catholics and whatnot. He says this, we've affiliated with a party, and I've been part of writing that party's platform for the last three cycles. That is very clear about religious freedom. It's very clear about marriage, about human sexuality. There are those now that want to change that. And as you move to be quote unquote inclusive with those that have radical ideas about human sexuality, which are hostile to religious freedom, the Republican Party becomes just Democrat light. And that's what I'm concerned about. Tony Perkins is spot on because the Republican Party has to this point had a platform that honors religious freedom and has recognized that you cannot have coexistence with religious freedom, constitutional religious freedom, while at the same time granting everybody minority status for every sexual picadillo that they have. Because at that point in time, their minority status will trump your religious freedom. There will be hostility between these groups. There will not be unity. They cannot coexist. There will be contradiction and there will be conflict. Tony Perkins understands that. And unfortunately, I don't believe Donald Trump does. And obviously, Ronna McDaniel does not either. Or even worse, she does and she doesn't care. And that's where I'll give President Trump the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he does understand. I do think he does care because of the way he behaved as President of the United States. He honored religious freedom over and above sexual picadillos. But Ron McDaniel, I think, does understand it, or I fear she does, and she's ready to throw conservative Christians under the bus and just forces all to get in line and parrot the party line for the sake of the GOP. You know what, folks? At that point in time, if that happens, I've said it before, and I'm going to stick to my guns. I can't vote for anybody that embraces that broken worldview. I can vote for somebody who's mistaken. I think Donald Trump is mistaken. I can't vote for somebody who understands very well what they're doing and doesn't care. And basically says, the RNC, the Republican National Committee platform, be damned, we're going a different direction and the rest of you better march along. I don't respect that. That's why I think this coalition is a terrible idea. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.